0: Welcome to the Wesley House podcast. Join us each week as we delve into the inspiring sermons and discussions that resonate within our college ministry. At Wesley House, we're not just a community. We're a journey of faith. And this podcast is your front row seat to engaging sermons, thought-provoking conversations, and the vibrant spirit of our college ministry. Tune in, connect, and let the transformative word of God uplift your week. This is Wesley House. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Wesley House podcast for week three of our series about seeking the kingdom of God. What does it mean to seek the kingdom of God? That's what we set out to to look further into and the question that we've sought out to answer. But hey, before we get into today, do we have any any listeners that are influencers, or better yet, uh, do you know any influencers? Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, he's a fitness influencer on social media, it's a very cool, very interesting way of approaching life. He's a huge triathlete, and he competes all across the country in uh, Ironman triathlons. And before you even met him, if you saw him in person, you would know this fact about him almost immediately. So anytime I'm with him, he's got an Iron Man shirt on or an Iron Man hat on. In fact, when you check into a race at these Iron Mans, apparently they give you a bracelet. It's similar to what you might get at a concert or event. It's kind of like a hospital bracelet, but it's got the Iron Man logo and the location where you raced. And uh, it took him almost six months before he finally cut it off because he wanted to show it off to everyone that he saw. He loves triathlon, and he wants everybody to know it. Why? Well, because he's experienced the positive benefits of training for the sport. He's seen the community that it's brought him. He's witnessed it change his life in every single way. So in response, uh, he's taken it upon himself to document his training, to build this huge following on social media, because He's taken something which is admittedly extremely difficult to do. It's very hard to train for a triathlon. I I personally try to be a runner when I can, and I cannot fathom being an elite runner and swimmer and cyclist and then doing all three of those things at the same time or in the same race. So it's extremely difficult, but he's taken it upon himself to show that if you dare to try it out, that it can change your life. He loves the sport, so he doesn't hide it. Now, he tells everyone he can. And as silly as it may sound, I think that's what Jesus is kind of hinting at in our reading for today. Our gospel reading comes from Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. It's a super famous sermon from Jesus called the Sermon on the Mount. And he's getting into things here. He says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. If you grew up uh, around Christians uh, or around the faith, you probably have heard this passage before. You probably heard these three things before. And so it's easy to write them off uh, and say, oh yeah, salt, light, city on a hill, whatever. I don't even know what that means. But notice this. All three of these things, they don't exist particularly for themselves, but they exist for the sake of something else. Take salt uh, as our first example. Before refrigerators, people used salt. Salt preserves meat. It saves it, it makes sure that it can last longer, or that it can remain safe, or that it can be sold or transported. Uh, If you're going on on a weekend voyage, Uh, down to Nazareth in the time of Jesus, uh, you'd get your your flank steaks, you'd throw a bunch of salt on them, you'd put them in parchment paper and throw them on the back of the donkey so that they would stay uh, safe and they'd be easy to transport so that when you got to your destination, they'd be good to cook. If you've ever had a great chocolate chip cookie, my my grandmother makes uh, the best cookies. If you've ever had... A great chocolate chip cookies, it's probably because the baker has used a ton of sugar and also a bunch of salt. Because salt can enhance or amplify flavor. So salt preserves when it's necessary, and, and it can also amplify when necessary. But it's always used for the sake of something else. And what about light? Well, Light can reveal beauty, it can also show you where you're going. Uh, I experienced uh, this fact firsthand in 2019, uh, a buddy of mine and I, we went on a road trip to Utah uh, to go and see Arches National Park. And the first day we got there, uh, we got up, we we set up our tents and we were there just before sundown. Everything was set up and and so Dale and my friend, he, he looked at me, he said, hey, well, the park and, and just we'll drive around we'll we'll get the lay of the land before we go and explore really in depth tomorrow. And I said sure, let's do it. And so we ended up in the parking lot for Delicate Arch. And if you know anything about Arches National Park, then you know Delicate Arch. If you don't know anything about Arches National Park, when I say Arches National Park, what you're thinking of is the Delicate Arch. It's the famous arch that everybody goes to see. So we end up in the parking lot uh, right before the sun sets, and, and he looks at me and he's like, hey, you want to go and hike up and, and we'll see the arch as the sun sets and we'll get to see it under the stars? Wouldn't that be such a cool thing? I said, absolutely. So we load up our backpack with, with a headlamp and, and a few different things, and, and we set off. And much to our surprise, the sun goes down very quickly in the desert. And so very quickly into our journey, uh, we are in total darkness luckily we've got a headlamp and so we rely on this headlamp and it shows us where where we're going because this trail is a little bit difficult to follow and that works great until the headlamp dies so the headlamp dies and now no no longer do we have any way of Seeing the trail in front of us. When the light is gone, we can't see anything, and so we very quickly become uh, off trail. We get lost. We get so lost, in fact, that we end up on, on the side of a cliff in the Moab desert and we have to get rescued. But that's a, an illustration for another sermon. The point is, you need light to show you where you're going. And if you don't have light, it's really easy to get lost. Light is necessary to keep yourself and to keep others on track. But light can also reveal ugliness. Light can reveal bugs and dirt. Have you ever walked into a, an old abandoned building and, and flipped on the light switch and, and just bugs and, and vermin scurry all over the place? It shows you what you might not have seen originally. or Maybe you get a... a a New lamp, and you put it in a corner, and as soon as the light comes on, you realize, Wow, that corner is really filthy. I, I need to go and vacuum or I need to dust that because it, it illuminates what you couldn't see originally. I, I had a professor in undergrad, uh, and God bless him, he, he was the nicest, the sweetest man I, I've ever met. Um, and he would and get dressed in in the morning in, in total darkness in his closet because he didn't want to to turn the light on and wake up his wife. And that is the sweetest sentiment I, I've ever heard. But the issue with that is he would come to class and his socks would be different colors. He he'd be wearing a, a neon yellow shirt and green pants, and it just would not match. And we would ask him, Doc, well, why why aren't you? Why do you never match? And he would say, Well. You know, I, I get dressed in the dark and, and you know, you don't really realize uh, how bad you look until you get into the light. And so light, it, it illuminates it. It can show us uh, ugliness. It, it can show us uh, what might need to be fixed up, what might need to be changed, what might need to be worked on. So it illuminates beauty. It brings forth brilliant colors. It lets us see uh, the path in front of us, but it also illuminates ugliness. It shows you where the dirt is. It shows you what needs to be cleaned. But it's always used for the sake of something else. What about a city on the hill? What on earth does that even mean? Uh, I'm here in in Highland Park, Texas, and everybody says that, that SMU is is the college on the hilltop, or that Highland Park is, is the hilltop city. And I'm looking around, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and it's not very hilly out here, but I'll take the Texans for for their word. Uh, so I guess we, we live a little bit on a city on a hill here. But what does that actually mean for Jesus' context? Well, a city on a hill is no ordinary city. No, no. <laughs> a, a city on a hill existed as a crucial part of navigation before the days of GPS. You see, before we had maps, or before GPS, before you had uh, Apple Maps where you could just put in a destination on your phone, you would look up and find a raised landmark, like a mountain or a city, and that would be your navigational point. The great thing about a city specifically is that uh, a mountain, as we saw earlier, it doesn't come with lights. So at night, it's kind of hard to see. But a city, you you would be able to see it during the day, and then at night, you would have lights coming from the city, and you would be able to use this as a a constant landmark to help navigate to where you were going. You'd say, "Uh, okay, I see that city on the hill, and so now I can use that as a reference point for where I need to go. And without these cities, you'd really have no idea where you were ever going. They're for the sake of something else. So... What exactly is Jesus saying to his disciples here? Well, he's saying, when you follow me, your life exists for the sake of others. He's saying, I want to make you holy people. I want you to be the salt that preserves the good in the world, that amplifies the good in the world. I want you to be the light that amplifies beauty in the world that lights the path for others, that illuminates the bad in it so that it can be worked on. I want you to be a marker for how people live their lives and to help others navigate towards Jesus. Jesus, following Jesus means using our lives as a service to others. But there's more to the passage than just that. Because what if salt loses its taste? Can it be restored? It's no longer good for anything other than being thrown out and trampled. Once salt loses its saltiness, it can't amplify taste. It can't preserve foods. It's just something that looks like salt. But something that looks like salt and isn't actually salt, is practically worthless. And light? Well, what fool would light a lamp and then hide it? What good would our headlamps have done if we kept them in the backpack? We would have gotten lost a whole lot quicker. If, if light is hidden, it's worthless, because it's not carrying out its intended function, which is what? To shine light on something else. So what good is a follower of Christ if they do nothing? Friends, this is the point. To be a follower of Christ necessitates movement towards God. You are the salt of the earth. You are a city on a hill. You are the light of the world. But are you really living like it? St. Paul uh, takes this point and kind of rephrases it. Uh, St. Paul, he's a, an early church pastor, and he writes a, a letter to a church in, in a place called Colossae. It's the book of Colossians in, in your Bible. It's in the New Testament. And in this letter, the third chapter, he says, if you have been raised with Christ, then seek things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. And set your mind on things above, not earthly things. For you have died, and now your life is found with Christ in God. So when Christ is in your life, when he appears in your life, then you will also appear with him in glory. When we're following Christ or when we're seeking the kingdom of God, we're not meant to be hidden. And what if we do stay hidden? Then what? Well, uh, let's look around where we are. Like I said, I'm here at Southern Methodist University, a flagship university of the Methodist Church. So you might think that correlates to SMU having a a great Christian community, a a welcoming and a wonderful and a safe place to be. And I'm not arguing that it's not, I, I love it here. But, This year, 71% of the student body reported struggling with their mental health. And that's not really a thing that should be plaguing Christian communities. But I do think it's able to creep in when Christians aren't being salt and light. When all the faith is hidden. When there's no one around to push back on the evil in the world and to show others what a life with Christ actually looks like. Jesus has called each one of you to live differently. Not just the pastors, not just the priests, not just the monks, not just the missionaries, not just the worship leaders. No, the Christians, all of us, to preserve and amplify the good in the world, to magnify the beauty, to shine light in the darkness To be a pillar of faith that guides others to Christ. To influence the world around you. You're called to be the salt of the earth. A city on a hill. And a light to the world. So go and live it out. That's Jesus' message here.